Welcome to Go Into All the World. Our host is Gary Griffinhagen with Manny Rodriguez as co-host. Jesus said, Go into all the world and preach the gospel to all creation. We pray this program is a blessing and encouragement to you today. Welcome to today's program. Thanks for joining us today. Hey, listen, today we want to present a couple testimonies um, and, of course, give some comments about that. And <clears throat> we always kind of want to share, too, what do believers share with other people, like people from a cult or a different groups? So talk a little bit about that today along with the testimony. Absolutely, Gary. And these are, you know, exciting testimonies. Before we start, uh, we remind you also to check out our series on, on success. You know, man, it was a great series. It was an eight-part series. You know, and, and God bless, you know, I think it contains a lot of valuable insights and talks, you know, talking the Bible's com, Bible comments about finances, about success, about sowing and reaping and, and much more. You know, God wants us again. One of the main points to have more than enough to help others. Absolutely. It's important to think beyond ourselves and our own sometimes, <laughs> you know, <laughs> it is. Isn't it? It's kind of difficult at times. Well, listen, today the first testimony includes believers on kind of going beyond themselves and helping others. Um, a, a number of years ago, I led a benevolence ministry that helped really hundreds. Um, we started out like helping those in the church and said, we're going to start with those in the church and then eventually those with fa family or friends in the church and those with other people in the church. And then pretty soon we were helping people from outside the church, people from other faiths. I even had LDS people come up and I said, why would you come to us? I said, well, we don't have to, you don't have any rules. Like I got to go to your church or stuff, but right. you just help us. And I said, well, that was nice. But uh, one thing I do want to say, the money, this was back in the mid 2000s, money was a lot easier to come by then. So that was one of the reasons we were able to help so many people. And the people in the church were great. They would kind of like set aside money for, so to speak, benevolence or offerings. But then if we had a special event, sometimes we would have a spaghetti night or just ask a special offering uh, from the group, and they would give. And it was a church of two, 250 to 300, so it was a pretty good-sized church, okay, as far as that goes. But some of the things we did, we fixed cars, we provided money for rent and utilities, and, of course, I checked them out. I was My job was to kind of like scope them out, make sure this is good, vet them if you want to call it that, and, you know, we're not going to have the same problem next month or something. Uh, we helped the family refinance their house. We provided bus fare for across the country, I think it was in New York or somewhere, for someone to go to a funeral. And that person was obviously was a family funeral or some kind of relative, so that was a big deal. And one of the, the, one of the special projects that happened was a landlord called me up. Again, my, part, part of my job was to vet and, you know, get inside these people and kind of if I talk with their landlord, are they doing their, are they paying, are they keeping their place clean? And if we want to help them, we want to have some idea or some right. security that's not going to be like an ongoing kind of handout thing. Anyways, this lender called me up, man. He said, if you move this renter out that weekend, okay, he, he said, or I'll put it in a third term, he said he would forgive her 2000 in back rent and he would not file any papers at the court. Wow. He wouldn't make a dig. And he was kind of like, you know. So anyways, those are stuff the believers were good, but that was one of the interesting ones that started. And this lady, okay, well, I'll finish the story now. Um, it, it, what happened is I only had a couple hours notice and what I couldn't get anybody hold, get a hold of anybody from my church as far as the main the main church. We also had a Spanish church that met at our church, and of course, since I speak Spanish, I'd been to their service and kind of know everybody, and you know, kind of hang out with them at times. And I called them up and they said, "Sure." And they got five guys together, myself and four others, excuse me. 
And then one of them had a truck, so we didn't need to borrow a truck. We had to, you know, move furniture. And we got that lady moved out. And she saved $2,000, plus she got into a new place. It was kind of cool. So, anyways. That, no, that's great, Gary. You know, it, it, it's so wonderful that when all the support by the church members and, and the people in the church, they come in. It's great when you see things like that. And, and, and you know, while that weekend, you know, and right on. That, that's that's powerful. And, you know, again, two thousand dollars. You know, even now, right? It's, right. It was, it's, it's still some money. Yeah, right, right. You're right. It's still money. I mean, it's like you know, that was a big deal. You know, yeah. this guy. She, the lady went to our church, but you know, she had some obviously she's a single mom and had some financial things, but she did find another place. And we again, we we got her into that. It was great. Yeah. Um, well, anyways, one of the other things that kind of involves today's testimony is that. The things that I did in the past was part of it was to repair cars. Yeah. And God really blessed. You know, I had a mechanic guy that was, could help me sometimes, somebody in the congregation. And then there was a local repair shop that I approached them, and they weren't believers per se, um, but they they were just had a heart for it and stuff. That's where I would take my car and service it. And I just told them, hey, would you help sometimes? And the guy goes, yeah. You know, actually, the time was two orders, and they, they both agreed. So sometimes they donate work maybe part of the project, but they actually do the whole thing. It was just like, you know, we'll do it. Well, I hadn't, I hadn't worked with them for a few years, all right? Um, but in late 2022, I did call the owner and ask him about helping a single mother. He said, yeah, I'll help. In fact, I'll, do, I'll donate the whole work, like $1,600 to $2,000. Well, it didn't end up happening. The lady went somewhere else, or she, she was living with her dad because of kind of a divorce and kind of a mess. Maybe the dad took care of it or fixed it or something. I don't know. But anyways, then in late 2023, okay, I tried to contact him, but, you know, nothing, we couldn't get a hold of it. It was kind of an odd thing, okay? Mm. But anyways, I want to go now to this testimony. The testimony does compare, or sorry, does include this repair shop. So uh, there was a lady at a church that uses a cane, you know, who I'm talking about. And I have, I've always kind of wanted to pray for her about her leg. Mm. Well, about three Sundays ago, she came out of the service as I was coming from the youth. I worked with the youth in the morning before the service. And I said, well, let's just talk a little bit. And, and this is like, okay. Then she said, yeah, I'm kind of believing God for healing. I think he's going to heal me. This is cool. So we prayed for her healing, Manny. Wow. And then it was cool because as we were praying, I felt kind of like, by the way, just with you today, so I felt like the Lord said, is there anything else you want? Okay. So I asked her, is there anything else you want? Well, she thought for a second, she said, I want my car to get repaired, okay? Well, she said, it needs four tires. It needs two motor mounts, fairly serious, uh, you know, work, and maybe some minor items. And then she said, let's pray that it doesn't take a long time because the tires are way beyond the wear marker, (laughs) wear bar. So that's funny, uh, Gary, because this is a big request. We're we're not playing, we're not saying, you know. No. uh, <laughs> a present under my tree. Right, 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 right. Yeah, go down to the store and buy some. No. Well, for the listeners, I just want to say the Lord did wonders in this matter, and I'll kind of explain them that yes, it was helping someone, but here's how God gets involved. Okay, or one way the Holy Spirit works with us. So we prayed on a Sunday. That was the church. Two days later, she had turned in a request three months before to get her tires. Okay. And for some reason, uh, this request got lost. I don't know how to explain it, but she turned it in in October, and this was like January when she and I were praying, so that's three or four months. And somehow it came to the pastor, and she didn't want to 
say too much or she wanted to like be too, if you want to call it expensive or whatever, costly. Right. She said, I'm just going to ask the church for four tires. So her request that she turned in that came up here in January was for four tires. And she did, she, she's on disability. There's some really unrest in her household, kind of a mess going on. And because the car is so important to her because she can't walk well, it was very, very important for her. Right. Because it's one of her outlets to get out and stuff. And, of course, she's driving it with, you know, ball tires, and she realizes that's wrong. Anyway, so the first one, first, if you want to call it, the first I call an angelic visitor, the first of the Lord intervention was that request, okay, got lost until that Tuesday, okay? And the next time, or the second thing that God did is that because the request came in after I knew about the motor amounts, Manny, mm. okay, she mentioned to me the pastor <clears throat> had asked her about the tires, and she called me and said, yeah, he asked about the tires. What should I say? I said, let me talk to him. So I call the pastor up, <laughs> and I say, hey, man, I know that she needs the tires, but she also needs motor mounts, like $1,600, a couple motor mounts, some fairly st fairly steep stuff. And he goes, well, how do you know that? I said, well, because God asked me to ask her about her car or ask her about, yeah, does you want something you want? And then it came out. Now, I didn't know anything about a car. I didn't know anything about the tires or anything else. Well, he thought, well, that's kind of expensive. And I said, well, you know, I've done benevolence work before, and there's actually a shop that's helped me in the past. And he said, well, I'll tell you what. Why don't you take the lead on this, get a couple, two or three other guys from the church. I'll send you their names, and you guys make a decision. Think what. So anyways, so what I did is once I got that, so to speak, released in the pastor, I contacted the repair shop. Found out that motor mouse again were about sixteen hundred bucks. This is a car from two thousand and one. All right, so it's a little bit hard as far as easy parts to get or whatever. But anyways, it was about three thousand dollars worth of work. Okay, mm. and here's the third intervention I call from heaven. Okay, um, remember I had missed the owner late last year. Nothing really came of the two thousand twenty two offer. So in my mind, I wasn't a hundred percent sure he was still, if you want to call it, okay to donate work or kind of doing work like this. But here's how the Lord intervened, okay? This to me is, this is totally God. <laughs> three weeks before we prayed, so this was again on a Sunday about three weeks ago. Three weeks before that, I get my car one day or I'm driving around and that little light, you know, it comes on the dash, it said low tire pressure. And I hate those lights. It's, oh my God, I got to stop. Is it cold? Is it because it's hot? You know? Well, anyways, I got home, I got my little, <laughs> my little, Check her out and check the tires. Think, okay, to this tire, and I thought I'll just put some air in it. You know, I've got a, a pump, like a bicycle pump. I don't really don't own a compressor, but anyways, I took the bicycle pump, and guess what? It didn't work. Didn't oh, get enough. Couldn't get any air or enough air, if you want to call it. <laughs> and I thought to myself, well, now I got to go to a store, okay? Yeah, you know, repair shop and stuff. And well, there's a couple near my house, but somehow, for some reason, okay. And again, this is another thing. For some reason, I decided to take it back to the place that I normally take stuff. And it's the place that these people have helped before, okay? Well, normally when I get this, this air thing, man, it takes like two minutes. You go in, they put air in the tire, they check it, you know, they just check the pressure and stuff. It's fine, you leave. It's like two minutes. Well, I go in there, I sit down, and all of a sudden, hey, Gary, there's a problem, okay? Well, it could be five minutes, okay? Oh, Gary, there's another problem. And these are just potential problems. Oh but the long story short was, and here's how God used it. I spent 20 minutes at the shop. After the first four or five minutes, when they said, oh, there's another problem, I'm like, oh, my heavens. I looked over, and I found that the owner was in his office. So I went and started talking to him. And many, we had 20 minutes to talk. I told him, you know, I tried to contact you in late 2023 about this guy that needed four tires, and he'd gone through kind of a rough situation. 
And he looked at me and he goes, Gary, I would have I given the guy the four tires, okay? So anyways, in my spirit, I knew that, hey, this guy, okay, he's still open to doing things. Mm-hmm. You know, he didn't know this guy that I'd mentioned about back in December, okay? But anyway, long story short, that gave me confidence, okay? So I said, I'm going to talk to him about helping this lady. Well, Manny, I called him up, okay? When I got the request from the lady, I went back to the store, actually dealt with his son because he wasn't there. And I said, here's the thing. Your dad told me he would help the guy with the tires. I want to see, would he help this lady now and tell me what it would be? Well, they called me back and said, Gary, it's about $3,000. I'm going to tell you what, your church either pays twelve or 1300 or we split it. We don't care. If you want to do twelve or thirteen, dollars which is kind of the wow. cost of the tires. So praise God, Manny. This lady is going to get her car fixed. We, we got everything agreed. We've ordered the parts. They're not in yet. But again, God, first of all, the original request got lost. Secondly, the Spirit prompted me to pray or ask her about something else. This was like four months later. Then after we prayed, this October request shows up in January. Now, how did that happen? Mm. How, how did it just like, where was it and how did it happen? Well, I think God knows where it was. Right. And God brought it out when the time was right. And finally, that low treasure, that low tire pressure, I say, caused me. And I say, really led me, okay, mm-hmm. back to the shop and see the owner. So I praise God for that. And God, people that are listening, just when you want to help somebody, just go out and do the best that you can, okay? Right. And also be diligent about it. You know, I had to be diligent about it. It took five, six, seven hours to do kind of put all this together and do things. But you know what? I'm saving that lady $3,000 plus. If the church would have paid it, they'd have paid the whole 3000 or maybe they wouldn't have. That's kind of a lot of money. Mm-hmm. But it, it saves in the church $1,500. And this lady is really, really in need. So praise God, okay? Praise God. You know, it's interesting how God always works. That, Amen. You know, like you said, you, you had a low tire. Right, you're, and you're going no way, no way, you know, like not again, not again. right, right. I don't, I hate those things. <laughs> like, oh my gosh, what do I do? And, and you show up, and the guys all like, oh, I see the owner. Yeah, it goes just like, go talk to this guy. Right, right. This man, he comes up, and, yeah. and boom, you know, you're exactly right, Manny. You just, you know, you we. The Bible says do everything without grumbling and complaining. Right. So if I'd have grumbled and complained, maybe I'd have stopped at one of the other stores. I don't know. Here's God setting up a miracle or a really divine intervention. Okay. And I'd, I'd have kind of like cut it short, a bit of jerk, yeah. arguing, complaining. That's why the Bible said, don't, don't do that. You don't know what's going to happen. You know, you, you, you don't. <laughs> and, and, you know, and what's interesting is that, like you said, without grumbling or complaining. So there's two things that we fall under grumbling and I'll be what? Desire. Yeah, right. Plan. Yeah, right. You're complaining like, why am I here? Right. Why, why am I here? Do, do this. Like, really? Really? You tell me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Why? 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 Nobody's ever mentioned like potential problems. I'm like, what is this? You know, I was like, what about this? What about that? I'm like, oh my God. Then, like you say, I look over and see the owner. It's like, dude, go talk to the owner. Now, the Holy Spirit is like, jump up and say that. Right. But you're right. You recognize in the situation so that you're not grumbling and complaining. You're keeping yourself like a normal person. Hey, there's an open door. Go talk to the owner. And then pretty soon, we start talking about benevolence. What a wonderful thing. It was a divine connection. It was a divine connection. The, 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 right. low, the, low, the low tire was a divine <laughs> connection to get you to, to the need that this, this sister needed. You know what I mean? Well, Manny, you're right. And I, I shared a testimony in a number of programs ago for some of the people maybe hadn't heard that there was a guy a friend of mine a good friend of mine that got a ticky tack ticket he was like six inches over the line mm. okay and he's a real conservative you know just a regular driver and stuff 
and he was mad about it. He was upset. He, kept, he said, I was arguing with the cop. The cop wouldn't, wouldn't let him go. Then he came back and he realized, well, only, well the best way to take care of that, I got to go to traffic school. Well, I taught traffic school, and this guy came, and it was a lady at that traffic school, Manny, that, a Christian lady that was really brokenhearted because she and her husband were a, a day or two, a couple days away from getting a divorce. Wow. Neither one wanted it, but neither one of them, okay, knew what to do. Well, during the course of that class, at her first break, she told me what her issue was. My friend and I sat down with her. We sat down at lunch. He talked with her. He said, Gary, I think I can help him, okay? So I said, look, you and the lady take the rest of the class off. You're both responsible people. He talked with that sister, okay? And they, they called the husband up. He came over to the office, and in the back, that divorce stopped. Wow. So a ticky-tack ticket, six inches, okay? <laughs> But like we were saying, this guy's mature enough. He didn't, didn't, you know, he came, he was upset when he came. He'd be like, you're at all want to be here. But anyways, he worked through it. And as soon as that need came up, he was right on it, okay? And he was, to me, he was very mature. He'd been married and he had business and stuff. So I thought he was a perfect guy for this situation, so. That's powerful there. It is. Well, listen, the next testimony involves an LDS columnist. And uh, mm. he and I began to share. I, I wrote a letter to the editor. And he kind of obviously wants to defend some of the LDS doctrine and beliefs. And I'm going to do real quick, because I'm going to read his email, because he responded to, to me. And here's what his email said. He said, Dear Gary, it's a common misunderstanding that members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints believe they earn heaven or that heaven is some sort of reward for works. We believe that only through the grace of Jesus Christ are we capable of obtaining eternal life. Nothing we can do qualifies us. Nevertheless, it is not a contradiction to say that salvation is A, a gift provided by the atonement of Jesus, and B, we have to demonstrate our willingness to receive that gift. And I'm not going to read through, but if you ever go to James 2, 17 through 26, that's what he quoted to me after this introduction. It said, even so, faith, we have not works as dead, and I'll show you my faith by my works, and Abraham was justified and stuff like that. So verses James 2, 17 through 26, he used that, then at the very end, he quoted what the president, <clears throat> I remember the first presidency of the church who said, when we witness our willingness to take upon us the name of Jesus, we are signifying our commitment to do all we can to achieve eternal life in the kingdom of our God. Mm. Okay, We're expressing our candidacy, our determination to strive for exaltation. Okay? And basically, his final point was, I don't believe that works are irrelevant. All right. And one of the reasons I bring this one up today, and then I'll give you my response, is that on the show, we try to teach people what to share with people, you know, basic doctrines about LDS, Jehovah's, Catholics, Muslims, and things, so you can kind of talk with them wisely and intelligently. Well, anyway, so I took his comments, and here's what I said back to him, and I'll, I'll cut kind of, kind of short, but I also want to share a little bit so you get some insight into, if you know the word, how do you deal with somebody that said those comments to you? How do you explain to them willingness to get salvation? No, you know, we're not willing to get saved, okay? We get saved because we're offered it and we receive it, okay? And we don't have to like demonstrate it or do a bunch of works to show God we're sincere. Well, anyways, he he his first point was um, I said, you mentioned capable of obtaining eternal life. Why don't you explain that more? And I kind of know where he's coming from. But then number two, I said, you write it is not a contradiction to say salvation is a gift. And we have to demonstrate our willingness to receive. And to me, this is a contradiction. I say we receive a gift, not show some action, 
not show some willingness, not try to beg or do something like that to show that we're going to, you know, want this gift, okay? Right. Usually a gift is somebody wants to give us a gift because, you know, it's our birthday or Valentine's or something like that. Um, okay, next thing, <clears throat> I said, works were created by God for us to do after we become Christians. These works are through the gifts and the callings he provides us. He does work in us, things like that. So we can say we demonstrate some willingness to what he calls us to do or to say that we demonstrate a willingness for salvation by what he calls us to do is nonsensical. We're already saved. He's telling you, here's your gifts and calling. Go use them, all right? So for me to go back to him and say, the gifts and calling you gave me somehow qualifies me. <laughs> no, I don't think so. Mm. You gave them to me because I'm a believer and I want to do works. And I, I pointed out to him, I said, look, there's some people in the Bible that we know that did zero works. Paul did zero works. He was on his way to persecute Christians. He got knocked off his horse and he met Jesus. All right. Uh, the thief on the cross, he did zero works. Mm. Today you'll be with me in paradise, Jesus said. Nothing there, okay? Cornelius, you remember Cornelius and family? He did call Peter to his house and stuff like that, but otherwise he didn't do anything. Mm. And finally, if you remember in Acts, when Paul, I believe it was Paul and Silas were in the prison, they were singing and the doors opened up and the, 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 the jail person was ready to kill himself because these people were all going to run away and they didn't run away. That man did zero works. Once he saw what Paul and Silas did, didn't run away, didn't let the other brothers run away, he became saved or he supposed he got saved, all right? So again, we don't have to demonstrate anything besides A, Jesus is Lord, and B, we're not right with him like we're sinners or something like that. Then I told him, hey, your comments are about James are good, and I really want the listeners to hear this today. Mm. Then I told him, and this is something the Holy Spirit kind of quickened to me, this is the purpose of the book of James. He was talking to Hebrew Christians, okay? And basically, his, his if you want to call it, his emphasis was this is how you live the Christian life. This is the duty you do, not so much the doctrine you have or whatever, but your duty. And this is also, I rebuke you, if you would, if you want to call it that, if you're neglecting these. So basically, he was telling these people, you're Christians, get out and do something with your faith. You're Christians, oh, we know that. You say you're Christians, well, fine, go do something. So he was kind of rebuking them for not using their faith or teaching them how to live. He wasn't creating a doctrine. And again, that was my point to this guy. He's not creating a doctrine here that you can kind of, so to speak, take it over here to the LDS church or something like that, right. all right? Um, and I told the guy again, this is number five. I said, yeah, they're, they're, you do want to do works. I, I totally agree with that. They are commendable. They are relevant, okay, but they're relevant after you get saved, okay, not to save you, all right, like that. And again, I want to share these things so you get some idea. How do you share with somebody that comes up with points that are not, if you want to call it, in the Bible or not accurate. And you need to know the Bible. And, and look, I had to look. Okay, it's written to Hebrew Christians. I had to think this through and pray. Okay, he's trying to show them how to use their faith, not justify somebody else's faith, LDS, Catholic, or anything else. And one of the other points, and we're kind of still going on by that like this, is I told him, I said, if you start taking extraneous, okay, other books, other, if you want to call support or LDSA, other scripture, you can come up with a lot of different things. And I gave him an example from the Quran. I said, look, the Quran says Jesus was a great prophet. They, they honor him. They revere him. But guess what? He's not the son of God. Mm. So if he's not the son of God, he can't pay for their sins. All right. So they've got a contradiction according to the Bible. And so, again, we want to take them back to the Bible. 
Now, LDS and Muslims might say, well, we don't agree with the Bible, or it's wrongly translated. Well, that's another issue. But in my mind, you want to show them the Bible. What do you think about that, Manny? Yeah. You know what? That's so powerful because the Word of God is, is like a two-edged sword. Right. It goes both ways. Amen. So, and if you don't know the Word, and it'd be Catholic or Baptist, whoever it is, and, right. and it, it is making a point about it's this way, and you say, no, the Word, this is what the Word says. Line it up back with the Word. Right. Line it up back. You know, I think that we can, I think next week, I'm going to continue this. This is kind of the where the testimony shares. And I actually point out some, some difficulties the LDS church has. And again, shows them how it contradicts the Bible or their doctrine contradicts the Bible. Exactly. But again, we'll say that for next week. We appreciate you listening today. Hey, God bless you, man. And I thank you for listening again. Come join us next week as we go into all the world.